It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we are back here with another episode of Locked on Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off of your next order. And we return here. It is our midweek edition of Locked on Ravens here on Wednesday. And what that means is it is our mailbag episode. I said in yesterday's episode towards the end that we'll have a mailbag segment. Well, we have... Quite the episode today is we have a full slate, three segments worth of mailbag questions, and even a little bit more if we don't have time to answer all of them here in these three segments. We'll get into more of them tomorrow. So if you don't hear your question answered on this show, it will definitely be answered on tomorrow's show. Unfortunately, no Cole Jackson for us here again today. Cole has had a couple of conflicts and schedule, so we haven't been able to get together to record these, so I'll miss him as I'm answering these by myself, but hopefully we'll get Cole back here next week. But I am still here to answer these questions. We have a bunch of good ones. Again, I mentioned three segments worth. A lot of them are questions about the offseason, which, you know, this is a very pivotal offseason for the Baltimore Ravens team. They cannot get complacent. You know, going to the playoffs, advancing to the divisional round, that's great, you know, the goal is to make the playoffs, but the big goal, the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl and making it to the division around every year is obviously not going to get you there. So we'll talk about three segments worth of mailbag questions, comments, concerns, and more here in this episode. So let's jump right in. But before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and where there's a podcast where they're waiting Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern Time 
Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnRavens and my personal account at ChaosShaker34 for any Ravens news, analysis, updates, mock drafts. We'll be getting into mock drafts here in a few weeks with the offseason heading into full swing then and a bunch of other things relating to the Baltimore Ravens. So with all that being said, let's jump right in and let's jump in with a question from According to Elias, and he asks, How does Patrick Queen's rookie season impact his role going into next year? He seemed like a bit of a roller coaster in terms of production. And yes, Patrick Queen, definitely an up and down rookie season, led Baltimore in tackles with 106. He had three sacks, two passes defensed, one interception, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and one fumble return for a touchdown. With Queen, he's somebody who Baltimore picked with that 28th pick, I think expecting a bit more of a long-term project. Now, he did play immediate snaps. He played a lot of snaps for this Baltimore defense, but he was a bit of a roller coaster. I agree. He was someone who would have one really, really great game, and then the next week would kind of struggle. And his struggles, Queen's struggles, really came in pass coverage and sometimes just being able to diagnose plays. He got washed out of place sometimes by bigger blockers and wasn't able to shed those blocks. But he did provide flashes, sideline to sideline speed, big tackles in big situations. Again, the interception, he was able to blitz and have sacks, able to force the football out. This is somebody who I think is going to put it all together with more time. And look, the NFL, the offseason for these rookies was unlike any other. A limited offseason, no preseason. That really impacted a bunch of different players, especially, especially the rookies, because we see what happens in week three against Kansas City, where Baltimore, you know, they struggle as a whole, but Queen has, I think, the worst game of his career, and you know, that was only three weeks in, of course, but I think that was the worst game of his season, even through all 16 games, so with the Ravens and with Queen, their first four weeks, the first four weeks of the 2020 season, that's like the preseason. So Patrick Queen gets his first four games out of the way. We start to see a bit more consistency, but at the same time, again, he's learning. He's trying to pick up the defense. It's a very complex defense. So with Queen, his role going forward next year, I mean, it's going to increase. I, th- I think it has to increase. The Ravens invested a first-round pick into him. He obviously showed and flashed that potential. So he's going to be in on a lot of different plays. But what I see Baltimore doing defensively for the 2021 season is I think they're going to add a true free safety to start opposite of Chuck Clark. And what that does is it creates a three-safety tandem, which I love. I love the idea of it with a true free safety, Deshaun Elliott, and Chuck Clark. Now, what that does is I think Baltimore is going to go back to some of their dime linebacker looks with Chuck Clark, which in turn, I think, would be looks with Patrick Queen in, and then Chuck Clark is his linebacker, dime linebacker guy next to him. And then you'd have the true free safety and Deshaun Elliott at strong safety. And that provides Baltimore with a lot of different options. And it doesn't always have to be Deshaun Elliott, you know, at the strong safety. They could always put Chuck Clark back at strong safety and put Jimmy Smith in the dime linebacker role. They have a lot of options. But with Queen, that means that he might not be getting as many snaps because while Queen most likely will be, you know, the 1A linebacker almost, they have a veteran in LJ Fort. They have another promising rookie in Malik Harrison. So we'll see what Baltimore ends up doing with that. But I do think that Queen will improve. Again, he's really young. He's only 21 years old. So he's still learning the game and he'll be somebody who improves over the course of the next few seasons. Our next question comes from Bruce Anderson, and Bruce asks, NFL teams go to insane lengths to ensure that players are in shape, conditions, well-fed, and overall cared for. How is it possible that players during games not played in 100-degree heat can get dehydrated to the point of performance degradation? This is entirely preventable. 
Yeah, Bruce, I mean, this is something where I think the Ravens do a decently good job. I think they're always making sure that their players are well cared for. I think the organization has been good at that for a really long time. I think in this situation, and if I want to relate it to Baltimore's loss to Buffalo, I don't think that had to do with anybody being out of shape either. I, I just think that for the Ravens, this was entirely a thing where the performance, the actual on-field performance, the execution just was not there. I don't think it had anything to do with anybody being out of shape. The Ravens, you know, they're a strict franchise when it comes to being in shape. We saw Michael Pierce a few years ago show up out of shape to training camp. John Harbaugh sent him home and said, you get in shape before you come back here. That is something that will get you immediately put in John Harbaugh's doghouse. So, I mean, look, for the Ravens, for NFL teams, yeah, they go to a lot of lengths to make sure that their players are just overall cared for and in the best shape that they can possibly be in. But sometimes, you know, NFL teams, they don't do the best, best job they can. And sometimes the players, they don't put in the work either. And sometimes it can be on them. So I'm not blaming players. I'm not not blaming coaches. But, you know, at the same time, I think for this Ravens team, they do a pretty good job at it. Our final question comes from L. Truslow. And this is more of just a comment, but he says the passing game is a disaster. And yeah, this will be good leading into our second segment because we do have a lot of questions relating to Baltimore and the scheme and what happened in Buffalo. So talking about the passing game, it's not it's not in the best uh, shape right now, to put it lightly. I think that a lot of the offensive players are frustrated. We've seen frustrations boil over almost to the point where guys are posting things on Instagram or liking Instagram comments or saying things in interviews where they're like, yeah, you know, Lamar Jackson didn't get opportunities to show just how good of a quarterback he is. We can't be 32nd in passing and number one in rushing. And I agree. The passing game right now is not where it needs to be. And honestly, if Greg Roman can't get it situated and if the Ravens offense can't put it together, major changes will come. My theory here, the Ravens coaching staff is most likely going to get one more season. And a lot of people will come back with that and say, you can't waste a season with Lamar Jackson on his, on his rookie contract. And I completely agree. But at the same time, they go on that winning streak. They get into the playoffs. They win a playoff game. The team grew. So now it's on the coaching staff to show that they can grow again and advance past the divisional round. Next year, anything but advancing past the divisional round is a failure. Is a failure. This season was a success for me because the Ravens advanced past a playoff berth. They won the playoff game, right? That's growth. They don't win a playoff game since 2014, 2015. They come in and they beat Tennessee down points. That's big for me. But the passing game has to improve in order for them to take that next step. If they can put together a competent passing game, and I'm not saying top five passing game, I'm not saying top 10 passing game, but if you can get a 15 through 20 pass game, even, you know, 25 at the absolute worst, This team is going places. The offense is going places. The defense showed throughout the playoffs that they could handle the pressure. They could handle the big games. The offense did not. So there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about in the offseason for this team, how Baltimore addresses it in the offseason. But overall, things do need to improve or else Greg Roman and the Ravens coaching staff and personnel, honestly, will have to pay for it. We're going to head into our first break now, but when we return, we'll be talking about more mailbag questions, comments, concerns, and more. So stay tuned for that, and we will be right back. 
You're one of a kind and so are your taxes. That's why TurboTax Live is experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect your banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live tax experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that you're one of a kind, uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. And we return here with our second segment of this midweek edition of Locked On Ravens. Your host, Kevin Ostriker, still here hanging with you. And we're now going to get into a segment that will be completely comprised of questions from Eric Clark. Eric asked me four really good questions, and I'm going to answer all of them here in this second segment. And again, if anybody has multiple questions they want to ask me, I will answer each and every question that anyone puts forward to me. I love answering these questions. So now looking at Eric's questions here, the first question from Eric, he says, can we please trade Miles Boykin? At this point, I think a change in scenery would be beneficial to both sides. I'm ready for him to either be the next Waller or Perriman. Thoughts? Eric, this is a good thought. And it's something where... Is the best path for both Baltimore and Miles Boykin to part ways? Boykin had another disappointing season. You know, I think a lot of people will agree with that. Another disappointing season in 2020. 33 targets, only 19 receptions for 266 yards and four scores. Boykin was supposed to take that big year two leap in year one, his rookie season last year. You know, a lot of people, I think, thought about, all right, he's a rookie, and he's learning the playbook, and it's his first year. You know, a lot of people were saying those types of things, but in his second year, he had an offseason to prepare. He looked good in training camp and what, you know, the Ravens had for a scrimmage and other things like that, but for the Ravens, this is something where I don't know if Boykin is the right guy for this Baltimore roster, as the Ravens have it right now. There are four guys heading into either their second or third year. Second-year guys will be Devin DuVernay and James Prochet. Third-year guys will be Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown. Now, I don't think Baltimore is ready to give up on either James Prochet or Devin DuVernay. I think Baltimore thinks they have a lot of potential, and I do too. And in terms of Marquise Brown, I think he proved in the playoffs that he is part of the solution and not the problem. But Boykin, on the other hand... Do you trust a young quarterback with mainly young weapons, or do you want to get him some veterans that can go out there, know how to work a field, know how to sit down in a zone, know how to work back to the quarterback and make themselves get open? I I don't know. I mean, let's say the Ravens do keep Boykin. I would not advise them to pick a receiver in the 2021 draft at all. No round, no first round, no second round. In no round would I want to see Baltimore take a receiver because realistically, Baltimore is going to keep six receivers. If Baltimore takes a receiver or signs an undrafted guy and they make the roster, that'll be five guys on the roster in their third, second, or first year out of six, most likely. That's too many. It's too many. 
The Ravens have to have at least two veterans on this roster receiver to help Lamar Jackson. One has to be a really big stud, and maybe the other one is at the tail end of their career, maybe an A.J. Green, right? But I don't know. The Ravens and Miles Boykin, it just doesn't seem like it's working out. I submitted the idea that maybe they could try to convert him to a tight end. But I think it would be beneficial to both sides maybe to just move on. The Ravens could maybe get a fourth, a fifth, something like that for him. Although the issue is picks in this draft are going to be dumbed down, I'll say. The the value was not going to be as great just because of the college football season this year, because of the combine not really happening this year. There are a lot of different things that go into that, but I do think that Boykin and the Ravens would benefit from a trade. Uh, that's not saying Boykin is never going to be a good player in the league. That's not even saying Boykin is not going to be a good player ever for the Ravens. But I think the best course of action for the two sides is to probably part ways and maybe get a change of scenery while Baltimore gets the open roster space in the receiver room and gets a pick in return. The next question that we have from Eric is, as you know, my personal preference in our wide receivers is only to bring back Hollywood Duvernay and Prochet, trade the first round pick for DJ Chark, sign Cordero Patterson, and convert Justice Hill to wide receiver six running back three. In an ideal world, what are your six wide receivers? Yeah, Eric, you've been very firm on all of your points. And again, I'm probably trading a second for DJ Chark, but you know, no harm, no foul there. Cordero Patterson is an interesting choice. I think he has some potential, but in my ideal world, if I had to have six wide receivers, because again, that's what Baltimore is most likely going to go into the season with, I'm going to go a bit controversial, and I probably won't sound that controversial, but in my mind, it kind of seems that way. So I do agree. I think that the Ravens, the three receivers that are on their roster right now in their second or third years, or at least going into them, should be Marquise Brown, Devin DuVernay, and James Prochet. So that's three right there. Now, I'm going to give two scenarios. One is an ideal world scenario, like your question states, and the other is a backup plan, a plan B, where it's a little different, but not that different. So Marquise Brown, Devin DuVernay, James Prochet. Obviously, my number four, who would then become Baltimore's number one, is Allen Robinson. He's just a perfect fit. He gives Baltimore that number one wide receiver, and it gives Lamar Jackson somebody who they can really, really go to work with. Another guy I'd like on this roster is T.Y. Hilton. Hilton is somebody who is getting up there in age, but at the same time, he can still make an impact. He's a decent route runner, some good speed, although he's lost a bit of it over the course of his career. The issue with Hilton is his health. He can sometimes not be able to get on the field as much as I think the Colts wanted him to, and I think in Baltimore it might be an issue as well, but Hilton's on-the-field product is sensational. I think I, I, you know, I'd love T.Y. Hilton on this team. And then finally, I would take one of Des Bryant and Willie Sneed back. I think those two have bought into Baltimore culture. They have bought into what Baltimore does. Now, we do know that Des Bryant might be a little bit frustrated with the offense, but I think either he or Willie Sneed gives the Ravens that veteran presence who has been with the team, knows their way around the locker room, knows their way around m Bank Stadium, and that's really valuable. So I would take Willie Sneed and or Des Bryant back on the team, but honestly, I do think only one of them does stay And then I'm going to give my 1B scenario where the Ravens don't have enough money to sign Allen Robinson. I'm still taking Hilton. I'm still taking either Dez or Willie Sneed. But my other guy is A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green is somebody who the Ravens would love on this team. He's somebody who was ready to compete. He's ready to play, I think, a couple more years, at least one more year. And again, the issue with Green is health. How much are you willing to invest in A.J. Green's health? But the issue is the Ravens right now, at the time of this recording, are only expected to have around $10 million in cap space. 
that's not a lot of money. And it's not going to get you an Allen Robinson or a Kenny Galladay. So the Ravens do have to have a backup plan for that. So in terms of an ideal world, you know, my acquisitions would definitely be Allen Robinson and T.Y. Hilton along with re-signing of Dez or Willie Sneed. But if the Ravens need that backup plan, I would not be mad at giving A.J. Green a one-year deal and then bringing in Hilton as well. Eric's next question says, based on my last question, now that we know who you love, what are three free agents, if signed to the Ravens, would make you furious? Uh, Eric's trying to stir up the controversy here. I love it. Well, let's see. My first free agent that I would not like on the Ravens is Juju Smith-Schuster. I loved Smith-Schuster coming out of the draft when the Ravens ended up taking Tyus Bowser instead. And he has turned into, I think, what a fine wide receiver would be. But I think at the same time, you know, I think the contract might be a bit too much for what Baltimore ends up doing in the past game anyway this season. I also don't think his antics are something that a lot of Ravens players would be okay with. And that's a big part of it. The culture part of it is a big thing. I think Smith-Schuster, honestly, is a bit immature. And, you know, that's fine. He's still a young guy. I'm not putting any blame on that. I'm not saying that that's a horrible thing and he's a terrible person. Smith-Schuster is actually a very nice, very kind person. But I just don't think he brings what the Ravens want to the table. And ultimately, I don't think it's what the Ravens need at this point in their offense. The second player I would not be too thrilled with if Baltimore signed would probably be Mitchell Trubisky. Now, Trubisky is somebody who you're probably thinking, what, that's such a random name. Trubisky is somebody who I think has been floated around in some circles as maybe the backup to Lamar Jackson. And I don't think that's the way Baltimore should go. I don't. The Ravens have their number two quarterback on their roster already with either Tyler Huntley or Trace McSorley, although I think Tyler Huntley has pretty much sealed that position for himself with his recent play. But Trubisky is somebody who, yes, he's made it to the playoffs with Chicago, but he is one of the less accurate quarterbacks in the league. I don't think he has what it takes at this point in his career to go out and win Baltimore games. If Lamar Jackson were to go down, I would trust Tyler Huntley in that situation. I don't think Baltimore needs to overthink their backup quarterback position. They have it on the roster. So I'm going Mitch Trubisky, number two. And number three, I'm going to go with a trade here for the Ravens that I don't think they should make. And that is Michael Thomas, the star wide receiver from New Orleans. And people are clamoring for Michael Thomas to come to Baltimore. And my idea with Michael Thomas and him coming to Baltimore and whatnot is, look, Michael Thomas is going to want 100 targets, he's going to want 1,000 yards, and he's going to want 10-plus touchdowns. That's not happening in this Ravens offense. It's, it's not happening with the way the Ravens offense is constructed. And Thomas would become, I think, pretty furious here. I don't think he would like it in Baltimore based off of what their offense is. Now, there's no doubt that on the field, if he was given to Lamar Jackson, he would pose as a serious threat to opposing defenses. But again... The Ravens just don't have the passing firepower right now. And that's not a slide on Lamar Jackson. That's just saying, look, the scheme right now is not where it would need to be for a guy like Michael Thomas to come in here who has been on record, I think, a couple times being a little bit frustrated with his role and saying, hey, look, you know, I want targets. I think that's the type of guy that Michael Thomas would become in Baltimore. And that's not what they need. I think Allen Robinson, you know, someone who is a number one receiver, but would not be kind of that selfish, I want targets type of guy. I think that's the much better fit for me. And then our last question from Eric before we head into our final break. With Mark Ingram released, how do we replace his energy and leadership? Also, bonus, do you think he goes to Bill's Mafia? Yeah, Mark Ingram is a tough loss for Baltimore off the field. 
On the field, his his days had kind of been numbered in Baltimore. He fell out of favor and whatnot, but he was still a phenomenal asset to this Baltimore Ravens team, and his leadership is going to be missed. And that's why, again, I go back to the whole thing of, look, Baltimore needs some veterans. They need some veteran leaders to lead, to rally these young guys. And that's where I think, yeah, the draft is great for drafting young guys, but you need to have the veterans on the team. So with Ingram, I think they probably go with three running backs to start the year. I don't think one of them will be a veteran. I think it will probably be Edwards, Dobbins, and Hill. But, you know, veteran wide receivers, maybe a veteran defensive lineman, a veteran outside linebacker. There are guys who can step up new guys, old guys, such as Clayus Campbell, Pernod McPhee, if he gets brought back. Those are the types of guys you need to step up for this team. And then I do think Mark Ingram goes to the Bills. I do. The Bills have a knack for kind of signing those end-of-career-ish free agents that kind of find success in Buffalo, and I think he'd be a great fit there, and honestly, I'd love to see him go to Buffalo. We're going to head into our final break now, but when we return, we'll be talking about the final bit of our mailbag questions, so stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. The NFL regular season is finished and the playoffs have begun. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. And we return here with our final segment of this midweek edition of Locked On Ravens. Your host, Kevin Allstriker, is still here with you. And we're going to run down the remainder of our mailbag questions, starting off with two from Charles Davis. And Charles asks, how come we didn't see any audibles from Lamar? Is it the type of offense they run, or are they not there yet in the development of the QB? Charles, I think I think it's both, to be honest. I, I think that Lamar Jackson isn't there quite yet. I think he has to learn to make better reads on his throws before he actually is able to read the defense pre-snap and whatnot. And also, the offense in itself, as you mentioned, they just, they don't do that often. Greg Roman gets that play call in with like 15 seconds, 10 seconds on the play clock. They have to hurry to the line. Lamar Jackson just does not have enough time to simply, you know, sit there for three, five seconds and audible, tell everybody what the play is. That's tough when you don't have a lot of time on the play clock. And it's something that Lamar Jackson visibly was frustrated with, most likely to the fault of Greg Roman in the game against Buffalo. So for Baltimore... It's something that I think they have to start to incorporate in Lamar Jackson's game. I mean, he is certainly smart enough to be able to do all that stuff. 
And, you know, people will say, oh, he's not. He's not smart enough. He can't do that. Of, of course he can do that. It's a, it's a silly question to say or even to ask if Lamar Jackson can audible. Lamar Jackson is a very smart football player, and we've seen that. But sometimes it, with the speed of the NFL game, on a play here or a play there, it's difficult to keep up with it. And that's every quarterback. It's not just Lamar Jackson. So I think it starts with just incorporating it and also making sure that the play call gets in a lot faster than it did in 2020. Charles then asks another question, which of the Ravens' unrestricted free agents do you think come back next year? Charles, there are certainly some free agents that Baltimore is going to have to make some tough decisions with, and a couple of them play the same position, outside linebacker, pass rusher, is the key position where Baltimore has a ton of free agents. Matthew Judon, Yannick Ngakwe, they have Tyus Bowser, Pernell McPhee, and Jihad Ward. Honestly, out of that group, I only see two coming back, and that is Pernell McPhee and Yannick Ngakwe. Bowser played phenomenal football in 2020, but unfortunately priced himself out of Baltimore with that play. Matthew Judon, someone who I just don't think Baltimore wants to give all that money to. And then with Jihad Ward, I think the inactives earlier in the year for him, the fact that he was inactive didn't sit right with him, and it seemed like Marlon Humphrey kind of had to stand up for him and kind of get him back in favor with the coaches, so I don't think he's going to be very interested in returning. So I think it's going to be Ngakwe, who Baltimore traded capital for, and McPhee, who I think is a nice veteran presence. In terms of the other guys, I would not mind seeing Willie Sneed back. I think Derek Wolf gets re-signed. I think the Ravens bring back Anthony Levine on a cheap deal. Morgan Cox is someone who I think they return And I think Des Bryant is someone who, if he really wants to be in the system, and you know, there are some questions about that right now, I think Baltimore would welcome him back with open arms. I think Eric Tomlinson, they might bring him back for training camp. Devontae Harris, someone who they cut, same thing. So then it's, I think, you know, Mark Ingram is gone. I don't think Matt Skura plays for Baltimore again. Robert Griffin III, I think, is gone. Chris Moore, as well, I think, is not going to come back. DJ Fluker, I don't think, is going to come back. Jermon Williams, same thing. Jihad Ward, I mentioned. Justin Ellis. Jordan Richards provides value as a special teamer. I actually don't think I'd be shocked to see him return. I think Baltimore likes him a lot. DeAnthony Thomas is not going to return. DeAndrew White is someone who was on the practice squad for Baltimore. I don't think he comes back, so... At the end of the day, Baltimore has some tough decisions to make with those unrestricted free agents. And then restricted is also a key area. Gus Edwards, they have guys like Christian Welch, who's an exclusive rights free agent. And then Chris Board, who's a restricted free agent. So those are guys they'll have to consider bringing back. But yeah, I think the key ones are Ngakwe returns, McPhee returns, Wolf returns, Levine returns, and Des Bryant and Morgan Cox, I think most likely return. Our final question of the day here comes from Isaac, and he asks, who are the wide receiver favorites for a big offseason trade? And Isaac, this is an interesting question because there are a bunch of free agent receivers. We mentioned Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay's out there, Juju Smith-Schuster's out there, Corey Davis is out there. But the trade front, we saw DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs get dealt last offseason. Who are the guys who might get traded this offseason? You know, Julio Jones is always a prime candidate, but his contract makes things really, really difficult, and I don't think Baltimore is going to end up being a suitor for him. Michael Thomas, I mentioned, I just don't think he fits what Baltimore's doing. The guy I'm looking out for in complete honesty is Adam Thielen. I think Thielen is somebody who Minnesota might look to move on from. They have Justin Jefferson as their clear number one, I think, from now on. It's kind of a toss-up between Jefferson and Thielen, but 
with the Vikings not being great right now, with Kirk Cousins being someone who I don't think can provide them with long-term winning, I think they'll be looking to siphon off some older pieces and look to rebuild. And Thielen is someone who I really, really like in this Baltimore offense if he were to be traded to Baltimore. Thielen put up 74 receptions for 925 yards and 14 touchdowns for the Vikings this season. He also has 39 touchdowns throughout his entire career and has 397 receptions for 5,240 yards. He's someone who I think really, really would help this team. He's 30 years old, so, you know, someone who is, I think, entering the end of his prime, but still someone who probably has two, three, even maybe four good, good years of football left in him. So I would definitely not be opposed to Adam Thielen. I think that he's somebody that, yeah, he, he probably wants a few targets, but I think Baltimore's pass offense is going to change enough to where a player like Thielen would be happy to play in the Baltimore offense. So I'd be looking to Thielen as someone who I really like in the Baltimore offense. That's all that I have for you today. When we get back tomorrow, we'll be answering the remainder of our mailbag questions as well as getting into some more Ravens talk. So stay tuned for that, and I will see you tomorrow. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by state room category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.